Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, another to the Noted Podcast, uh, where we talk about the underrated players, take note of those small market teams in the league. Uh, and as always, I'm your host, Brian Corzo, along with my analysts slash Twitter uh, shiz posters slash Utah Jazz loving uh, Carson Hilton and Riker Gordon. Um, today we have a we have a doozy for you as far as episodes go, and um, we wanted to talk a lot about the playing tournament and some of the teams that we could possibly be seeing, you know, not play so well that they're going to be stooping back. Or the teams that maybe didn't have those kind of expectations and now are pushing to make the play-in tournament. And just kind of the play-in tournament as a whole, if it helps or hinders the league. Um, and I kind of want to start it there. So I guess, first of all, opinions on this new change for you guys uh, as far as the play-in tournament goes. Like, let, let's start it off with Carson. Like, what, what do you think of the play-in tournament? Does it help? Does it hinder the league? Yeah, so when, it, when they were first introduced... I think the very first season was that bubble season. And I didn't think much of it because it just like, I thought it was just going to be, since the season was shortened, it was just a way to try to make things a little bit more even. And then they brought it back last season. And I was skeptical at first, but I ended up really liking it, especially towards the last like quarter of games in the regular season. Because I think in most uh, NBA seasons, the first half and a little like, little bit after all-star break like a month or two is like really fun and then the last month of games the teams that are at the top don't really like have to try and then like set uh, seeds are kind of set and teams that aren't going to make the playoffs are tanking and i think the playoff or the the playing tournament helped that especially last month of basketball to be so much more entertaining like you look at the wizards last year they could have tanked and they made a push and made the plan, and it was it was a lot of fun. And I I really love this change. I think it's one of the greatest changes in the last couple decades of NBA basketball. For sure. Can you imagine if the if the Wizards would have tanked the team yeah. they have right now? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> maybe, maybe the playing tournament didn't help oh, them man. so much. <laughs> Argument there. Uh, yeah, I was just talking like in terms of like yeah, quality yeah, of games, was, right? Just... Yeah. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. No, I get I'm you. I get you. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I agree. I think it's it's a good thing, and mainly because, um, in you know the history of the NBA, the bottom of the the standings, both Eastern and Western Conference, you're just kind of looking at it, and if you're a team in there, even as a fan, sometimes it's hard to stay focused. You don't really want to watch them anymore, um, and so I don't think it's perfect. Um, and in a perfect world, we could have like some sort of European slash Eastern world type of system where there's a league B league, where if you do good in the B league, you get, you know, promoted to the A league, or if you do bad, you get relegated. Yeah. And so no matter where you are on the table or the standings, like there's a competition to be had. It, even if you're at the bottom of the standings, it's not like, Oh, I'm going to give up because I want to draft pick. It's like, no, you got to stay competing or else you're going to a lower league so yeah i think this is the nba's kind of they, they saw it in the bubble and they're like you know what this does keep things interesting towards the end of the season where in seasons past it's just these bad teams you know who can be worse type of thing and so <laughs> i i like i like that change and i think it's a step in the right direction for sure 
Yeah, I I really like mm-hmm. how you mentioned the like European uh, soccer leagues because uh, mm-hmm. that's one thing that makes it really exciting for smaller teams uh, to get promoted to like the Premiership, right? Right. Uh, like imagine the Salt Lake City Stars or the Lakeland Magic. You know, like so for example, Lakeland Magic won last year. Imagine if they would be playing in the NBA. I mean, obviously the talent level not right. the same. But sometimes, you know, that can make a difference and that can make a change and maybe uh, the draft is a little different. But that's the thing. Yeah. In, in Europe, there is no drafts, right? You just get nope. players, which is a problem as well because then talent is really top-heavy. Uh, while yeah. in, like, basketball, it's really evened out because the, the bad teams get better players and then eventually they can build to something, kind of like Wizards have been doing, right? Yeah. Um, one thing that I, I find very interesting, and if you notice, in MLB and the NFL, they both have wild card games, uh, where it's like a one and done, you make it to the postseason if you win this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think uh, in the NFL, you know, still getting into the wild cards is like still technically making it to the playoffs. Right, right. yeah, that's right. Um, but I think in like... In baseball, it's like, who's going to make it to that first game, you know, because then you, you don't go into a series in baseball like you, you do in, uh, in basketball, right? Uh, where it's like a one-and-done game. So, which, in my opinion, like, that's probably um, wild-card games in uh, baseball is, like, almost as exciting as the World Series to me because there's yeah. so much on the line and it's one game and that's that's one thing that i think we experienced watching the the lakers and the warriors play last season in the playing tournament which was mm-hmm. so so exciting um and even even seeing the same with um uh the wizards and the pacers last year so um or, or even moments like the Grizzlies beating the Warriors uh, to make it into the playoffs to go against the Jazz. So exciting, right? So I, I think it's something that's exciting, but it's it's also something that is already being done in other major leagues. So I, I think it's healthy for the competition to keep the, you know, especially something that has so many games like basketball where it's 82, where it keeps the entire season watchable uh, instead of just like, meh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, mean, I even think for the Jazz and the Suns, it was like really scary towards the end there because whoever was going to go into that second seed was going to end up playing the Lakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I think it's interesting to kind of see the difference between competition in the different professional leagues, especially in, in the States. Um, because in basketball, you can have individual errors and make them up and one or two plays where in baseball or football if you make one mistake like that mistake can change the entire outcome of a game not saying that you can't have that in basketball but you know if you make a mistake in the first quarter you you know commit a turnover they score a three you can come right back and get a three and it's ended up so i think this is right and i think this is the nba's chance to kind of say all right let's try to implement this and so far it's so far it looks good yeah and the the thing i really like about it is i know i've heard like some criticisms of like the specifically the mlb wildcard game because isn't there like over a hundred games in a season or close to it in the mlb yeah Yeah, there's a lot a lot of games and then your whole season is 
on that one game. And if you lose it, like it's kind of a waste, right? But what I like about the NBA one is that if you're the seven or eight seed, you have two shots, right? If you lose one game, it's fine. You, you get another chance. It's not like it's do or die. You get two chances. And then on the opposite, the nine and 10, where before you would, your season would be over, you, you still get a chance. It's a low. You have to win two games against pretty good opponents, but there's still a chance. And I like that dynamic of it not being, okay, we're just going to give you one game and it's do or die. You get either you get two chances or you have to execute twice. And I like that aspect of it. For sure. Absolutely. So now that, now that we're talking more about the playing game, obviously we have teams that are on the outside looking in and on the inside looking out, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. kind, kind of someone, one, uh, one of the teams that I really wanted to talk about with you guys, because they have been having a really confusing season in my opinion. And that's the Boston Celtics. Um, cause I mean, you look on a piece of paper, you look at the Celtics and they look like they can conquer the world. Uh, Jason mm-hmm. Tatum, you know, borderline top 10 player in the league, probably more around the top 15, but like literally one of like the future bright stars, um, kind of like Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, uh, Trey Young, Luca, like this kind of player, right? Uh, you have Jalen Brown, who has like drastically improved a ton throughout his career. You have a solid veteran in Al Horford and Marcus Smart, um, you know, and then maybe some like, in between stuff like Pritchard, right? Got a um, cheap Dennis Schroeder, yeah. Cheap Dennis Schroeder, <laughs> very, very discount. Very cheap, um, yeah. And it, it's looking like discount Devin Schroeder performances too, so they probably got <laughs> what they paid for. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, this kind of looks like one of those teams that's on the inside looking out. Uh, what are you? What are you guys thinking that the Celtics need to do to change their season around, or is it, or is it, is it already over? Oh man, I wish I knew. I because last year before the season, I think everyone also expected them to be a top four seed, and then you get to the end of the season and they're a, they're a playing team, and now we start off the season and now they're kind of looking like a playing team, and I don't I don't know because that core of of Marcus Smart. Um, Jason Tatum and, and, uh, oh my gosh, Brown, Jalen Brown. Thank you. Is so good and has so much potential. And I, I wish I knew like what they need to do to fix it, but I'm like, I try to think about it and I, I just genuinely like, I, I I hate to have that cop out answer, but I don't know. I don't know what they do. They just, I, they've just been so disappointing. Maybe yeah. Riker, if you know how to fix them, <laughs> no, I would I know, love to hear guys. It. I know how I know how to fix them for sure. No, I don't. <laughs> I I don't. And I I think there's definitely a belief that things are going to get better. It's hard to be a fan of a team when that's the belief, because obviously things aren't going what like the way you want them to at that point. Um, yeah. I you look at you look at the efficiency coming out of the team, and it's not great. Um, Jalen Brown is the second most efficient player on the team, which is great, but Tatum's like around the seventh, the sixth, he's the sixth most efficient player on the team right now. So, um, that is difficult to pin like 
you know, try to find a, a blame or a reason why that's the case. You could blame it on maybe just some early season woes, some mental struggles. Um, but I, I do think that you have to allow kind of a grace period when you're switching front office and coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to look at it, them, I look at, I look at them on paper and sometimes it's hard to actually see it when you're watching them on court. Cause they look really good. Sometimes they look awful, like bottom of the league bad sometimes. So, um, I, I think I would pin it on coaching right now. And I'm not saying that they're going to have a bad coach. He's just new. This is a weird season yeah. for the Celtics. They've had, they've had a, a very consistent structure as far as front office goes for years now. And this is like the first year that it, things have kind of changed. So um, talk to me, at, you know, mid season, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but if I had to choose something, I'm definitely going with the coaching and front office changes. Yeah, and I think that's a good point with what you said about, like, waiting, especially with Jason Tatum. Like, it's clear that he is not playing his anywhere near where he normally is. I mean, you look what in their playing game last year, he had 60. Like, that's that's nuts. Yeah. And I I just I do not believe that what we're seeing from Jason Tatum right now is who he is. It might it might be coaching staff or just like change. They have, they had a bunch of uh, roster changes that they're getting used to. Um, I don't think they're going to all of a sudden turn around and be this championship or top four seed. But I also don't think they're all of a sudden this 10, nine seed, you know, bottom of the play in team. Yeah. I think they'll Jason Tatum will turn it around a little bit, but they're, they're still like not, there's still going to be something wrong. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think one thing that I've noticed is more like consistency of player performance. It almost feels like Jalen and Jason don't have a good game at the same time. It's either one or the other. Um, yeah. And that sucks. So just to give you an idea, uh, the Boston Celtics are 17th in the league with points per game. Uh, keep in mind that they did score 140 points in one of these games, and there's only been like... 12 games in the season. So yeah. that's outlier. including that yeah. outlier, they are still 17th yeah. in points per game. Uh, bright spot is that they're top 10 in rebounds. Uh, and I think primarily uh, Al Horford can really help with that. Jabari Parker, uh, Williams, Williams yeah. as well. Their new uh, young gun. Uh, they are 20th in assists per game, which I don't think is very surprising knowing that Jason and Jalen are very selfish players. Uh, usually, like to only have the ball in their hands, especially Jason. Um, and then 14th in offensive points per game. Uh, another thing that I've noticed is that they've had, I think, more than I can count on one hand, losses where they've lost uh, over like 19 point, uh, or sorry, where they had a 19 point lead and they came back. Uh, one of yeah. those examples being Cleveland yesterday, and I believe the other time they played Cleveland, same thing. Uh, which Cleveland has seemed to make all these insane comebacks, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I think we will talk about them. But I honestly think that this will never change until we have a major personnel change. Because um, I just don't think you're going to get Jason and Jalen on the same page. It hasn't worked for a long time. 
maybe when they were a lot younger and Jason or Jalen was a little bit more impressionable, not like that second option where like, you know, maybe Kyrie or Gordon were more that second option. Um, but now it's like, who's your star? And I think you pretty much just choose who the star is going to be and then have a really good trade for another really good player. And I, and I think there's talks about Ben Simmons actually coming in, uh, making the trade with Jalen Brown, uh, which I think Jalen Brown would be really good on the, on the Philly um, Philadelphia. I think, it, I think it'd be good anywhere, but yeah, I, agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially for the jazz. Um, oh yeah. Hey, I'd, I'd be down. Yeah, I'd be down. I'd be down. We can't, <laughs> we can't afford anything to trade for him or anything that no. we want to give up. Cause I'm, I don't know if they would want Bojan for Jalen, but, um, but yeah, I, I honestly think that a lot of it is just personnel and I think you just need to get something new and someone who's going to be a veteran who understands the game, who can like wrangle up players. Cause I, I just feel like Marcus Smart just doesn't hold as much in that locker room. And there's even talks about like a lot earlier in the league. I don't know if you guys remember where Marcus Smart to the, to the media was saying, I can't do anything if the ball isn't in my hands, but that's all yeah. I can do. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think you made a good point with like needing a veteran. Cause like they have, um, Al Horford, but I don't think, I mean, look at the championship contenders last year. You had the Lakers who have LeBron or the Utah Jazz who have Mike Conley, the Clippers who have Paul George and uh, Kawhi, Suns, uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, like they all have veterans who can lead and finish out games. And I don't think the, 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 the Celtics don't have that. They need, like, yeah. some sort of veteran presence that can really, really contribute on the court for them. And I don't think they really have that right now. Yeah. It just seems like very little accountability Yeah, on the entire team. Exactly. And, and, and I know also, that last year there was, like, some things that were said about um, the coach. I'm spacing on his name right now. Stevens? Um, oh, Stevens. Yeah, Brad, Brad Stevens. Stevens. Uh, and the fact that he wasn't like the person who like got after his players, you know, if they weren't playing defense, mm -hmm. that he would like yell at them, right? Not like a like a Thibodeau or a Spolstra kind of guy, you know what I mean? Like gritty coaches. What were yep. you gonna say, Rick? No, yeah, you covered it. That's perfect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I think that's pretty much as as much as we can do with the Celtics there. Um. Uh, another team that's kind of on the Inside looking out uh, is the Hawks, Atlanta, which uh, me and me and uh, Riker had the opportunity to see them play against the Jazz. Um, I guess initially, Riker, like, what were your impressions watching that game, or even just watching some of the other Atlanta Hawks games, uh, and kind of just where they're at in in it as a whole? Are they even going to make the playoffs, um, or are they bound to be like an, a tenth night seed if they continue this performance? Oh, it's so hard to kind of look at the Hawks right now, because um, you can they've they've got talented individuals, and the there's Collins, there's Young, there's Capella, there's Herder, you've got a veteran and Lou Williams, you like you've got a lot of Cam Reddish to throw him in there. You've got a lot of talented individuals. Um, I don't think they have a team. That's that's my thing is I just don't I don't see them playing as a team. 
Um, and that's no surprise, kind of the way Trey Young plays is I'm going to try to get this bucket, and if I don't, please be open. So, and this kind of goes Russell back to Westbrook last season style. too. Right, right. <laughs> and I think Trey Young's doing it better than Russ at this point. So props to that. But um, even last season when the Hawks were like in the playoffs, I was surprised. And the fact that they made as deep as a run that they did, like even a bigger surprise. And there, that's a whole other con- that's a whole other conversation to begin with about the teams they played. But I I do see them as a playoff team, um, whether that be through a play in or not, that is yet to be seen. Um, but I don't think they're anywhere near a championship contender at this point. Um, and. I think there are some people that kind of hope they would be, especially after their playoff performance. But it, I just don't. I, I see them as you know your your playoff regulars at this point. The guys that are always you're always going to have them there, and they'll occasionally win a good game here and there. But they're never really going to be very serious. Um, I think they need maybe two pieces before they become that. But yeah, that's kind of my take on them at this point. Yeah, I I actually completely agree. Um, I think what happened after last season is they, I think the Knicks were a really good matchup for them and credit to them. They played really well and the Sixers, they were dysfunctional well, and credit, but you still got to credit Atlanta. They, they took advantage. I mean, right. they, then, they had two times where the star players were dysfunctional. Remember mm-hmm. uh, Julius, Julius Randall did not show up. Ben Simmons same with ben. Yeah. disappeared. So it's like that, that, and then now you play against the Bucks, and, and they had no. Sh- and, uh, they were never gonna win that. He's there. No, they had no, no shot. Chance. Never. And so I think like credit where credit's due. They they performed and they played very well, but I think too quickly we put them not like we meaning like the general NBA fandom put them on this like they're not contenders but they're like right there, and I don't think they're they're ready. If that makes sense, um, I do agree with the point that they'll be like perennial playoff team. And though I do think they have like really good pieces there, especially with like Kevin Herter and Trey and DeAndre Hunter and John Collins. Like there's there's pieces there. I'm just not. I'm I'm the same. I'm not not convinced of the whole cohesive um, group. There's there's a few pieces missing. Um, though I do think they're not as bad. I think they're better than what their their schedule shows right now. I think Trey Young is really is same similar with with a lot of other guards that are struggling with the rule changes are trying is trying to figure it out. But I will say the what does if I'm an Atlanta fan fan, what scares me is when that that quote after the Jazz game where he said I what it, what was it it was. I am struggling to find the motivation to play in the mm-hmm. regular season or something. Yeah. Something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That, like I, I get it. It's, it's his job and doing your job isn't always fun. Even if it is basketball, like if you do it every day, you're going to get tired of it. But like, yeah, especially getting you paid need... like $200 million to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need, I'm so sorry. But if um... you're like going to be that NBA star, even when like, you're not feeling it you like you you need that competitive energy and if it's not there like where's the leadership who's gonna be motivating these guys to perform night in night out like 
when your star player and quote unquote leader of your team is saying that there's some there's got to be some sort of dysfunction there right yeah. right so, yeah that's and I, I think a lot of that might be more trey's still really young and i i think it's undoubtable yeah. for anybody to believe that he's he's not incredible like he is a class like world class you pay to see him play yep. you know what i mean like when when me and Riker got tickets to the hawks like we were so excited to see trey young um but i th- i think one thing just to note uh i think they've had one of the most difficult uh schedules thus far let, let me just list mm. off the teams that they've lost true. to so far the heat the Cavs, the Cavs again the wizards the sixers the nets the jazz the suns the warriors the jazz again um and the nuggets also, they had a four-game road trip at Phoenix, at Warriors, at Utah, and at Denver, all in a row. So, and the Warriors in Utah were back-to-back. So, yeah. So I think there's some brutal. forgiveness for sure um, that they had a very difficult schedule right out of the gate. Uh, I believe that they're going to be a team that is going to turn it around second half of the season when they get stuff figured out. Um, I think Trey Young is just kind of a little all over the place right now. He yeah. he's performing well, but he's not performing like an incredible player. And I think this is kind of some of the stuff we were looking at last year when he wasn't selected as an All Star, where it's like he's like he's good, but isn't gonna make that jump, right? Like John ja Morant, for example, played really well last year, but now he's making the case where it's like you cannot not put me on that All Star ballot. And I just don't know if Trey Young is like really showing that at the beginning of the season so far, which I think is leading a lot to that disbelief with his teammates of like, Oh shoot. Like he's saying all this stuff. He's not, you know, leading us into battle and we're kind of lost without a leader. It just kind of seems like everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody has good performances and then they have bad performances, but it's not like consistently a unit. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. point to bring up last season how we didn't make the All Star team, and then like post All Star break, he, you know, the Hawks went on that crazy run, and then they have the their postseason success. So yeah, that's a good point. Like even though he's struggling right now, he's gonna be fine. I don't, I don't think there's that needs to be any worry there. Yeah, he went off for forty two tonight, so he'll he'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> he'll he'll have those. <laughs> he'll he'll have it. those. He'll be all right. <laughs> um, so. Now, now let's look at some of the teams on the on the outside looking in, uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, and the first one that I'm so excited to talk about is the Cleveland. Me Cavaliers. too. And oh yeah, baby. <laughs> I think first of all, we have a incredibly lovable NBA veteran in Ricky Rubio. I love that guy. A sensational <laughs> uh, rookie in Evan Mobley. Uh, an underrated, like underrated player that nobody talked about until Kevin Durant went to the Nets and Jared Allen, mm-hmm. and uh, a pretty solid core with Garland and uh, and Sexton, who obviously is injured right now. Uh, but just one thing that I just wanted to quickly mention: I think basketball is back in Cleveland. I think there is legitimate mm-hmm. hope and legitimate excitement when it has been stagnant as hell uh, in the past couple of years since LeBron left. 
Um, and that I think is a really good thing to see in the league, how, you know, small, little, small changes, uh, in, in, in players and just like a group, uh, just getting exciting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to shout out Evan Mobley real quick. Uh, he is the fastest player in Cleveland Cavaliers history to hit 200 points and a hundred rebounds. So wow. uh, he's having what? a stellar start to his career. Oh, yeah, that, that was last LeBron. night. So mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> he's he's doing what the he's doing what the Cavs need, and it's not all him. That's it's it's not Evan Mobley carrying this Cavaliers. They've mm-hmm. definitely got a belief right now. That's just they're riding high. Like the fact that they're what is it nine and five now? Like yeah, dude. Yep. No, no one, no one thought that was coming. Like it, it's yeah. awesome. It's fun to watch. So, so it is what's really leading, what's leading to the success in your opinion. I think a big part of that is Ricky Rubio. Um, I what like or if you know like ten minutes ago I talked about I like how what I'm hearing by the way. Teams, yes, a lot of championship teams are like need that veteran player. And let me be clear, I'm I'm not saying they're championship or even close. Yeah. But I really the the veterans that I believe the most in are point guards because they can come in and run your offense and get guys the ball that need it and you know make sure things are happening and Ricky Rubio for all his shooting woes he knows how to run an offense he knows how to get guys to their spots if he he's been on a few teams if you're a fan of the Jazz or the Suns or um Timberwolves Timberwolves or whoever you know that he he can get the ball where it needs to be and he can defend too he's a fairly good defender and i think it's really nice for them coming off the bench where he can really help guys get into the groove and i think that's a big part of what they're doing right now like they're closing games with ricky rubio which i think that says a lot well yeah. sexton's also injured yeah that's true, yeah. true. yes <laughs> yes um he's also shooting and this is early but he's shooting at a career high three point percentage right now 37.8% right now from three. And wow. That's, just, and that's with that's like really bad of. games lately, by the way, which is yeah. like and so his average. He's, he's doing, he's doing something right in Cleveland. And I, I, I think I agree with you pretty much all the way Carson, mm-hmm. just that Rubio goes back to Timberwolves and you think that's going to be like a nice sweet reunion. And he started most games in like career lows in almost all categories mm-hmm. so there was definitely something bugging him in minnesota can't say what have no clue but he gets this fresh opportunity with a bunch of young dudes and i think he's just like let's go have some fun and so far it's working out for him yeah i have to say the the cavaliers are they the most fun team in the league right now at least for Probably. me they might be the most fun team they are so fun mm-hmm. i i want to say yes least. Uh, I think the Wizards more because of how Wizards. successful they're being Wizards right are now. Fun. They can definitely be there. Uh, I think but they're for sure up there, there at least. I, I think they're top three most exciting yeah. basketball to watch right now. Um, yeah, and Evan Mobley, man. They, yeah. They've really got a bright future. Uh, I wanted to mention something, uh, which is kind of nuts. Did you know that the Cleveland Cavaliers are number two in the league for off uh, opponents' points per game? They're second in the entire wow. NBA. So Actually, only, that makes sense. Only allowing 101.3 uh, average scored. I will solid. say that is higher than I thought, but they like Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley. 
it's like I'm I'm just so impressed. They Cleveland has not really been known for its defense, but they have really put a nice core there. And uh, another cool thing, they are also seventh in the league in assists per game. Um, So as a team together, they are meshing in their ability to play defense, working together, and of course having Ricky Rubio, the pass-first point guard, who we all know and love, is helping this team out insanely and i i think you're getting just some really solid contribution from all their players mm-hmm. uh, i think this might be an opportunity for larry marketing as well to like change and turn around his career now that he actually has a good opportunity and that he's going to be coming off the bench um as well i think that's going to be something that's going to help him out a lot um and just being with evan mobley and jared uh, uh jared allen I, oh, yeah super exciting team for sure. Yeah. I really like that point where, because especially like defense and assists are like kind of two of the biggest ones that show like, hey, this team's working together. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, which is um, why you've seen the Jazz in statistical categories like that. <laughs> yes. Pass. Not this year. Maybe this week. Not last uh, week. But. Man. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we can talk about that later. Yeah, but. yeah for sure. Um, no, I, I definitely think the Cleveland Cavaliers are, uh, absolutely solid, uh, super exciting to watch right now, which I never thought I would say in my life. Um, but yeah, currently they're sitting at number four at 64, uh, 1%. So super nice. nice. Uh, I think another team Good. that I wanted to bring up there as well, um, is the, is the Raptors, uh, Toronto Raptors. So... I think out of everybody, I don't I don't remember what you guys had the Raptors at uh, at the beginning of the season with your predictions. I said that they would be number ten. Um, I think I had them ten too. Nah, bro, yeah, get out of here. I, had, I had them off my list. They you didn't both make them off did. your list. You both did. I really? Okay. <laughs> my bad. But my bad. Uh, no, I I I have a big belief um, in the underdog. Uh, style of the Raptors because you have uh, Spicy P finally who's back uh, Gary Trent Jr. coming off of the Portland um, uh, who's having a revitalization uh, from last year which was kind of disappointing and I don't know if that's just because he was with Portland um, and then you're having a literally life turner life altering player who came out of nowhere in OG Ananobi who's killing. And then you literally have the future of possibly two way players, um, in Scotty Barnes. So is this team the, like the real deal? Like, are they going to be able to be consistent and keep this up or are we getting too hopeful? Ooh, hopeful. <laughs> He's a hater. I, I, I don't, I don't see it. And, and the, the thing about the, the Raptors for me is, um, if you just look around the trade talk things, they're looking to move people. And so the fact that they're doing this well is great. And it's the Eastern Conference, so you can't really expect too much out of it. Yeah. So for me, as the season goes on, we'll see if they end up making some moves. Uh, I don't. I, I, I mean, like they if they that. make the 10th seed, that's great. But I still don't yeah. think they're anywhere near a competing playoff team. I mean, they have that Dragic contract just sitting there. Yeah. Not even yes. playing in. I yeah. will say, get him the hell out. I, 
I absolutely do not buy that they'll be a playoff team, but I do buy into the 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 process there. I think, especially like with Scotty Barnes and OG Ananubi, like there's there's potential there, and I think like as sad as it was for them that Kyle Lowry had had to go, I think that was a step in the right direction for them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's dead weight. Yep. Um, and now Kyle is doing and, something great with his career, and I'm sure they're very happy to see that. And I'm, I yep. know that Kyle Lowry is still going to finish his career in Toronto, even if it's through like a ceremonious extension. But mm-hmm. they, they've already said like he's, he's going to go down as one of like the Raptors' favorite players of all time. Yeah, they really got to figure out that Dragic situation. Though. Oh, I yeah, think yeah. I think that's a, a massive negative for them right now. Yeah, and he's been even like even though he's not playing like <laughs> in the yeah. games that he has he's played, played five he has games. A fairly <laughs> big contract, like over twenty million, I think, or close to yeah. it around that. It's just too much. Yeah, but yeah, but other than that, like they've definitely been promising. For sure. Yeah. Um, so they got a future on, for sure. Yeah, kind of on the same page. Uh, I think the Pacers are pretty notable to talk about as well. Um, mm-hmm. They have great players, and they have also rookie of the year candidate Chris Duarte. Duarte. Yeah. Duarte. 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 Who yeah. knows? Chris does. They're they're another one of those teams where I'm like they are way better than what their record is showing right now. Yeah, and I, I, I do want to note as well, like Malcolm has been on and off uh, with his yeah. like, injuries and illness. Yep. Um, but in the kind times of, that he has played, what he's been. and I mean he he's on my uh, on my work fantasy league, and he puts numbers up always, mm-hmm. and he also cooked the Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good it's true so, it's true yeah yeah we'll see what they do I, I feel like they're always kind of on that outer rim in the eastern conference around like yeah eight seed so we'll see i will say like i know that some people say like the sabonis and miles turner thing can't work out but like every time i watch miles turner i always wonder like why is he always in trade talks if i'm indiana like i want i i want to keep that yeah like he's, i, I he's get electric, questions man. but He's so like, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, really good, really good look on the in the Eastern Conference as far as like the playing uh, is concerned. Um, I think that's about all the time we have for today. Um, but I think next week, uh, definitely we're gonna dig into some Western Conference. It is so nuts in the Western Conference right now. So I'm so stoked to talk about it. But I think looking into the Eastern Conference, finally we have excited excitement coming from there that isn't in the top right yeah um true and so that that's really cool to see the wizards you know performing so well looks like the nets are kind of getting back in their groove um and finding some ways to win obviously kevin duran is nuts but um think a very good look super good takes from you guys and appreciate your opinion um also just want to shout out everybody who's uh who's listening uh Again, we you know we we've hit our milestone, uh, first milestone of just over a hundred downloads, and we're just we're still so excited to talk about it and to see everybody all around the world, um, especially all in uh, Ireland, Belgium, Germany, and England. You know we appreciate you listening to us. Um, obviously, being in the states and just being a newer podcast, uh, but yeah, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for listening to us, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Make sure you uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Uh, here it is. There it is. Uh, and then for you viewers at home uh, or uh, that are listening on a podcast, 
Um, our link tree is on our Twitter page, which is just uh, at the noted podcast on Twitter. And then you can press that link tree and see um, everybody there. But we do appreciate you guys listening to us. And we hope you have a good rest of your day and enjoy the NBA.